really celebrate the, the revival spirit of Camp Meeting that spread uh, Christianity throughout our country and just hoping that God can do it again. Well, today we're finishing that up, and tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next Sunday, I, live, I only have Sundays in my week. I have 52 days in a year. I don't know about you guys. I only work one day a week after all. <laughs> Brian Wiggins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Did you know church is fun? I have fun. I don't know about you, but it's a good time. Oh, my goodness. At any rate, next week we'll be uh, back to our traditional uh, service, uh, and I hope you've enjoyed this time. But we're also closing out a series called Remember. And what we've been doing is taking a look at the promises that hold us together as a church. See, the church isn't built by bricks or wood or plaster or stained glass windows. We are not the church because we end up at 116 South Caswell Street at any given time on a Sunday morning. Uh, We are the church because of the promises that are made, promises we celebrated in part today, the promises that God makes to us that we will be his children and he will be our God, and the promises that we make back to God through our faith in Jesus that says, yes, you are my God and I am yours. And then the promises that we make to each other, the promises that we make as we join the professing membership of the church, the promises that drive our ministry as a church. And you might remember them. Maybe by now you do. Um, I had somebody yesterday, we had the ERT, emergency response team training, and they actually uh, quoted uh, our membership vows to us. And I thought, wow, somebody out of 10 years, somebody's remembered and listened to one sermon I've preached. Praise the Lord. If I can get one more in the next 10 years, I can retire happy. Um, But I'm not retiring for 67 more years, apparently. You might remember those vows. It's to faithfully participate in the life of of the church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Those are the promises that we make to God, to one another, and that you make back. The church isn't based on on, uh, guilt and expectation and people holding you to make you do things. It's the promises that we are joyfully make out of God's call and Christ's work in our lives to do these things. And so today we're talking about our witness, the promise we make for witness. Uh, We're going to share two passages of Scripture um, starting with Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, uh, to illustrate to us that this call to witness stretches back into history, into the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. A prophet Isaiah quoting the word he received from the Lord. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. You are my witnesses. And then our main text for the day will be in Matthew 28, uh, the final verses starting in verse 18. This You might know of this most uh, kind of commonly called the Great Commission, the last words that Jesus speaks in this gospel. He speaks to his 11 remaining disciples. He says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? 
Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So I love to cook. And not all the time. I mean, sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I don't like to cook, but I like to cook generally uh, for fun. It's something that I do to relax. It's coming to be about fall time. And so I'll be doing my weekly loaves of bread. Why? Because I like it. And it's the, really the only thing that we cook in the house that the children will actually eat. So it makes me feel good about my cooking. kind of like it. We have these cookbooks. Uh, we have tons of cookbooks. And usually when we'll redecorate the kitchen, we'll lay them out to display them on the, on the counter. I don't know, maybe so everybody can see them or maybe we'll remember that we're supposed to eat that instead of McDonald's. I'm not quite sure. Um, but we have all these cookbooks. And the interesting thing is... I don't know that I have ever prepared a single recipe from any of those cookbooks. I, I've looked at them. I've admired them. I don't think I've prepared a single recipe from any of them. Do you know where I get my recipes? <laughs> the internet. Facebook. Pinterest. I just, it, it pops up there. And here's the deal. It's just kind of like a quality control situation there. So for the most part, if you shared it, that means you approve of it. So if it's not good, I can really blame you for sharing it on the internet. And so there's a little quality control there. And so and it pops up. I see it all the time. I'll cook one of those. Most of the time, that's good. I did see uh, one of those taste-made videos where they show the video of people making something interesting. And it was a strawberry pie. This was an example of a not good internet recipe. Um, it was a crafty video, great music. They were narrating the whole thing. But the folks put the strawberries in there without hauling them and taking the greens off them. Ain't nobody going to eat your pie, son. Ain't nobody going to eat that pie. You have a snazzy video and you're going to have a million views, but nobody wants to eat a pie with green junk on it. Strawberry pie. Anyway, but it's interesting. It's great and you liked it, so chances are I'm going to like it too. And so that's what I do. And one of the things that I love about the internet and social media is that we, it allows us to share with each other. I mean, if you think about it, Almost all of our advances in communication over history have been born out of our drive to share something with other people. It's wonderful. It's like we have this inner desire to do that. We love to share. Read any article online, 99% of the time, at the top or bottom, are a bunch of options to share it with somebody. And so we do. Did you find it helpful? Share it. Did you run across something that you love? You share it. Find something that can help somebody else? You share it. We share all the time. And it seems like uh, with the ability to do things with our phones and computers, and I sound like an old man now, I know. (laughs) But we're sharing more than ever. It's just part of what we do. I love it, I share it. I love it, I share it. And we share things that we celebrate. We share things that make other people laugh. We share things that others can use. We share our thoughts and insights. Some of us might want to share fewer of our thoughts and insights online. That's fine. We have many opportunities to share with people, and most people are sharing things that enrich somebody else's life. It's fantastic to enrich somebody else's life through sharing. Now, sharing a recipe can enrich somebody else's life and their waistline. It really can. But we can do more than enrich someone's life. We can share things that will change people's lives. We can share things that change people's lives. Now, what if it took just sharing one thing to alter somebody else's life? Would you do it? If you could share one thing with somebody and it could alter somebody's life forever, would you share it? We share everything else. 
We love to share everything else and articles and news and news and recipes and pictures and advice and thought, everything. Would you share something if you were convinced that it could change somebody else's life? Would you want to share it? Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ can absolutely change somebody's life. Absolutely change somebody's life. And that's what we promise to do when we promise our witness. Simply share Jesus. Share Jesus. And it's in our DNA to do it because we share all of the time. And that's exactly what Jesus calls his uh, disciples to do and calls all of us to do through the words of Scripture as he speaks to the 11 remaining disciples in the Gospel of Matthew. Crazy story. Jesus dies and is risen from the dead. And afterwards, he, sh- he meets with the disciples and shares with them. And he shares with them a, a great plan to save all of humanity. And that plan isn't a divine snap of the finger to change everybody's life. It is that God will use you to share your faith. That's what he calls the disciples to, to witness to our faith. He says at the, uh, at the outset, he says, all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right, so listen, if all of a sudden you had all authority on heaven and earth, what would you be doing? All right, I'm thinking, uh, all my debts paid off, my kids are well behaved, and uh, I've got a six-pack instead of a one-pack. Uh, that's abs. You don't, Sunday. Y'all are crazy. I don't know what you're thinking over there. Have you ever done the thought exercise? If you had a genie and a bottle and, and a lamp and three wishes, what would you wish for? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that would enrich my life. But Jesus, as soon as he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, the first thing he does is this. He says, I choose as my first act, after declaring that all authority has been given to me, is to give you an assignment. You are disciples. Now share that with everyone, everywhere. That's what Jesus does with his authority. You are my disciples. Share that with everyone, everywhere. How do you think that 11 disciples in one place and one point in history turned into billions of Christians to this day, including us? It wasn't because they had the fanciest church program in the right location. It wasn't because they found the newest Bible study on Cokesbury Lifeway or ChristianBook.com and it changed the world. It wasn't because they had the best pastor. Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. They ain't got any preachers really right then at all. It's not about any of those things. It's because those 11 people shared their faith with other people who became disciples and shared their faith with other people who became disciples, and onward and onward, and it spread. And you and I know Jesus today because of their witness. Because of their witness. Witness is a part of being disciples. Jesus says this, you are a disciple. Go to people who are not disciples and make disciples. You are the ones that will show and tell people the power of the gospel. You are the ones through which I will be made known. You will be my witnesses. That's the sending of Jesus for our lives. Think about this. Seriously think about this. Who shared with you? Who, somewhere along the path of your life, it's probably more than one person, who crossed your path that shared Jesus with you? 
who shared the love of God with you, who shared the power of forgiveness with you, who invited you to become a Christian. Who was that? Seriously, think about that. I, I could name tons of people, and it still continues to happen. There are people who share Jesus with me even in this church and every day. I wrote at the front of our newsletter just a list of people. I would not be here if they didn't witness to their faith. Some punk kid, Brian, you remember, in goth clothes in high school, and a teacher decides to share his faith. Nothing wrong with goth clothes. I just had the attitude to go with it. But he didn't have to. Who shared faith with you? Let me ask you something. Aren't you glad that they did? Aren't you glad that they did? We share so many things. But your relationship with Jesus is the one thing that you can share that can truly and absolutely change people's lives. Hasn't it changed yours? Is your life different and better because of Jesus? Now what if, have you considered that all it might take to change somebody's life is to open your mouth or to walk across the room or to enter into somebody else's space with permission? It's all it might take is to walk across the room, to invite your friend or your neighbor to church, to say a word about what God has done in your life, just a word? Have you ever considered that might be all that it takes to change somebody's life? Jesus has sent us to go and make disciples, and we begin that by sharing our faith with others and inviting them to become a disciple. It's as simple as this, sharing and inviting. Sharing and inviting. Now, invariably, we talk about something like this, and people are going to say, well, uh, here's the guilt trip. I need to go share my faith. But really what I want to do is help you. Um, and, and here's one of the things that I find difficult in my, in my faith sharing, and I always have, and, and I'm going to speak for myself, and maybe you can overhear and find some truth for yourself. Uh, one of the things that I've always faced in my own faith sharing is confidence. Like, do I have something to share? Like, and I don't have that dramatic, I've been on uh, national TV, my life was, you know, this, and then it was that, and, you know, it's not like that for me. It's not super dramatic. Do I have anything to share? And, and what if I do it wrong? Anybody else? What if I do it wrong? What if I share my faith with somebody wrong? Well, Jesus helps us in two ways with the Great Commission to give us some encouragement. He, he says this. He says, remember this. All authority on heaven and earth is given to me, that is Jesus, and I am always with you. So one of the things that can help us have the confidence uh, to witness is to stop relying on our ability and our strength to do it. Because Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Be confident in God's ability to do it. You need to remember something when you're witnessing to your faith with others. You do the sharing. God does the saving. You can't save anybody. Do you know why? Because you're not Jesus. And if that's news to you, <laughs> and I'm kidding. No, but that's meant to be an encouragement to you. That's meant to be an encouragement to you. Your job is not to try to save people. Your job is to invite, 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 invite. Share and share and share and share and let the Spirit of God do the work. Do you remember the story Jesus told about the farmer who was throwing seeds everywhere? This was really kind of the worst kind of farmer he told the story about because this farmer didn't like plow the ground and and so he threw them everywhere, all over the place. And some of them fell on the, the, the hard path and didn't grow at all. You remember this story? 
Some of them fell uh, among some rocky soil, and they kind of sprouted, but the roots were so shallow they just died off. And some of them fell in thorns and got choked out, and some of them, thank goodness, fell on good soil, and they grew plentiful and abundant. You remember that story? And that's kind of, that, that's the idea. The, the point is that the farmer continues to, to plant the seeds knowing that not all of them will grow, but some of them will grow. And that's how we share our faith. Not counting on, well, I was effective here or not effective here because of what seed would grow and what didn't, but knowing that just like that farmer, you just keep, keep spreading the word, keep sharing, keep showing, keep telling, and some of it will grow. Thank God by God's grace. Our job is to invite and invite. God is with us, and we can have the confidence that some of those seeds are going to take root. So, confidence in God, not in ourselves. Now, do we have anything to share? I'll try to keep this brief for you. We do have something to share. You do. We do. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 28 that you share out of your own discipleship. You share all of the things that I have taught you. You share from your own life of faith, and that is exactly what we do. We share from our faith. We share from the story of what God has done in our life. And listen, you have a story, and probably stories. You might not think that you do, but you do. You might not think that you do, but you do. And sometimes when uh, you might not be familiar with the word or the concept, but when we talk about people giving their testimony, it's often about um, people telling the story of how they became a Christian, and that's a testimony. But you know what else is a testimony? Anything else that God has done in your life at any given time. At any given time. And sometimes we think we have nothing to share because we haven't taken the time to stop and look back and say, God, what have you done in my life? Because either we think we got it on our own or we're just too busy. Maybe we haven't stopped to reflect, but pause for a moment. You have a story to tell. You have stories to tell. What is your story? What has God done in your life? It's in there. What has God done to change your life? That is your story. Disciples share from their discipleship, and every disciple has a story. And your story, your, what God has done in your life, could be the real flesh and blood way that God uses to communicate with somebody in need. Okay, so let me give you a few thoughts about if you're interested in some practical ways to get started. Maybe you want to share your faith or think about doing it in a new way. Um, just a, a couple of quick ideas. First, get comfortable with your story. Get comfortable with your story. There are things that God's done in your life, and there are people that will cross your path that your story will touch and no one else's will. There are people that you will meet that I could never touch. They just, my story doesn't resonate with them. My personality doesn't resonate. You do, and what God's done in your life has resonated with them. So get to know your story. Reflect on it. Take some time to think about it. Pray about, God, what have you done in my life? And then, why not take some time to practice? Find somebody that you trust and say, hey, look, I just want to talk to you real quick about what God's done in my life. And even come out and say, hey, I want to share my faith, but I'm a little nervous about telling this. Will you listen to me? Just practice. Learn. Look back. Reflect on your story. How is your life different because of your gospel, because of the gospel. So get comfortable with your story. Second thing is live your story. You might remember St. Francis of Assisi saying something like, uh, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. You might remember that? Now, sometimes words are necessary, and it's not an excuse to never tell people about your faith. But the point is, is that you've got to live it. 
And sometimes it's going to be the way that you are and the things that you do that are going to initially communicate the gospel to people. And they'll especially add credibility to the story of what God has done in your life. So live the gospel before people. Live that story. If you are thankful to God for changing your life, live as one who has changed. Sometimes what you do will speak volumes to somebody, maybe in a moment, maybe over the course of years, that will allow you to share the story. Third thing you might do, one, get comfortable with your story, two, live your story. Build relationships with people who aren't Christians. This happens almost invariably with people um, over time in, in the church as they might end up, they turn around and they say, all of my friends are Christians, which is great, right? All of my friends are Christians, but I can't remember when I have built a relationship with somebody who is not a Christian. And that's actually not so good because we have a call to be in relationship with all people who God loves and to share their faith with them. And so I would encourage you, get to know people. Put yourself in positions where you uh, are getting to know people who are not Christian people. I, most of you in this room, you're not going to be entirely corrupted if you make a non-Christian friend. It's okay. Please do it because that gives you a chance to share the gospel and to learn what life is like outside of the bubble of the church and to really find ways to practically witness to your faith in the life of other people. If, we all, if all of us as Christians only hung out with other Christians, you know what we would have? Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And then finally, and maybe most important, trust in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will guide you, speak to you about how and when and who and how much and how little. The Spirit of God will let you know that you might say, somebody looks like they got their life together. They don't need me to talk to them about Jesus, but the Spirit of God knows that their heart is not as good as their exterior looks. Trust God to give you what you need to give you the opportunities to nudge you forward. And so we love to share. We share so many things. But you have one thing to share that will absolutely change people's lives. And it all boils down to this, my friends. We have a Savior to share, a story to tell, and an invitation to make. I'm going to invite you to say that with me. I have a Savior to share, a story to tell, an invitation to make. If you would like to give yourself as a, make a new commitment to share your faith and be in witness to others, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, you could just close your eyes, make this prayer your own. Maybe you can extend your hands outward or set them on your lap as if you're receiving or opening yourself up to God and pray with me. My life is in your hands, God. Use me to point someone towards you today, tomorrow, and I promise to cooperate in any way that I can. If you want me to say a word for you today, I'll do that. If you want me to keep quiet but demonstrate love through servanthood by your Spirit's power, I'll do that. I am fully available to you today. So guide me by your Spirit. Amen. Amen. My friends, you have a 